Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Opening is going to be on Broadway in about two weeks. We haven't done a show in two weeks, so we're a little out of We're a little rusty. It's it's, it's our bye week. That's right. Last week, we had the short week with the Panthers traveling Wednesday, and you were somewhere. Where were you? I was in... uh, I was... uh, I was in Nashville. Uh, You were Winthroping. I was at Winthroping. Yeah, I was Winthroping. Went to... Nashville's a great town. Um, Love Nashville. Love Nashville. So we did... uh, So Dave and I do... Dave does the play-by-play. I do the color, and I do TV for home games on Winthrop, but I travel and do color on the road. And we like to do fun things, so we... uh, we stopped by Nissan Stadium, uh, and we went by uh, Ryman Auditorium. Mm-hmm. On Monday night, Jim, you're going to love this. So we went in a day early. Uh, the team went Tuesday morning and then stayed Wednesday night and drove home Wednesday. The game was Tuesday night. Usually you go in the day before, but I think they didn't want to lose too much time. So we decided to go to uh, Ryman Auditorium Monday night, and Dave did the research on this. Um, and I'm not a Grateful Dead guy, but I, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, Bob Weir, who was one of the founding members of the Grateful Dead, um, uh, pretty much I think was the lead vocals. Um, he was doing a show there with uh, these two guys called the Wolf Brothers, uh, and it was basically a Grateful Dead show. You know, with a lot of Bob Weir music. It was really cool. Ryman Auditorium holds about twenty five hundred people. Uh, I mean, I felt like I was back in college. Um, it, but the, the spread of like Deadheads from like you know millennial past our generation. Uh, baby boomers were there too. I mean, it was just an interesting, eclectic crowd. Music was great. It was good. He, and he's seventy-one. Put on a great show. It was a lot of fun. So you guys went to Nashville Country Music, yeah, Tennessee, right. to go see the Grateful Dead. Yes, exactly. Right, okay. but we no, we did. It was so like as we taped this. That's on like Thursday, going to the roasting company and ordering the fish sandwich. <laughs> I'll take your steak sandwich and your steak sandwich. <laughs> if you Fletch fans, you'll get that. Um, but. Uh, we did go to, uh, I think it was Jason Aldean, like, or maybe it was Dirk Bentley. Bunch, of, they all have bars. All the same guy. They all, yeah, it's all the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Church, they're all the same guy. Right. So, um, I mean, it was literally like Noah's Ark raining, like it was this morning here in Charlotte. Um, and Ryman Auditorium and Broadway are basically like a block away. So we just, it was the closest bar. We just went in there, and there was actually. Um, they're a pretty good band. I don't know who they were, what their name. I mean, they weren't they weren't like celebrity bar, but you know they were like you know house bar band type. Right, they were good. pretty good. It was fun. You so can't we, go wrong in Nashville. No, you can't Great go town. wrong in Nashville. Great that, town. Was, that was a lot of fun. And then we went to uh, uh, the day of the game. We went to Arnold's, uh, which is a oh from Happy Days. A meet the, exactly. Hey, hey, <laughs> Fonz, Fonz, Fonz Potsy. Yeah. 
if I'm remembering the show right. <laughs> yeah, I think we merged the, the comic book in the in Happy Days, but right. Oh, Archie's was it? No, it was Arnold's and Al's. It was, was Arnold's. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was Arnold's. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're thinking right. Archie's. I'm thinking Archie's. Archie's yeah. yeah. Uh, but Arnold's is a it's a meet and uh, uh, meet and three place, which you know three sides. Uh, Lion was out there. The place was fantastic. It was great. Nashville was fun. We had a good good time. Except uh, Winthrop lost the game. But they were competitive. But uh, Darius Garland, keep an eye on that name. Uh, Bryce Drew, remember him from Valparaiso, right. had the, the big shot in 98. <clears throat> um, so he's coaching at Valpo, third season. Uh, he has two potential NBA lottery picks on his team. Uh, Simi Shitu is the other guy. He's uh, like a 6'10". He can play. Um, I wouldn't say he's like LeBron. Um, he, he's probably a little bit thinner and a little bit taller. But, I mean, he can probably play four positions. He can for a big guy, he can dribble the ball, and he, he was he was a tough matchup inside for Winthrop. Those two guys were fun to watch. So they um, Winthrop had the lead in the first half, nine points. Then they went on. A, they they had this big transfer. Matt Ryan, not the same Matt Ryan, but he did go to Notre Dame. Uh, transferred to Vanderbilt. He hit three threes. They went on a 17-0 run, and Winthrop stayed close the rest of the way, but uh, couldn't pull it out. And then in, uh, Saturday, we were in Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. So we're just outside St. Louis. Okay, uh, and went to Pappy's Smokehouse. Uh, no, this place, Jim, it's been there for 10 years, and it's probably the best barbecue I've ever had. It was St. Louis, you know, it was Memphis style. Okay. Uh, but it was, I mean, the, just delicious. It was fantastic. So I had a good week last week in the, when the Panthers were off. You went to two great, two great eating towns. and drinking yeah. towns. I've been to St. Louis and Nashville both in the last year, too, and, and they're great places. And if it sounds like we're avoiding the topic of Pittsburgh, it's because we are, <laughs> which is where I was last week, of course, with the Panthers tying a record <clears throat> for points given up in a game. So my wife, well, we essentially just, like, scrapped up the tape and threw it out. Yes, we're not even looking back at the tape. We're not, we're not even looking at the audio tape, if you could do such a thing. <laughs> we're not looking at the sound waves. <laughs> so my wife, Sandra, drives up with some friends who live in Charlotte, but they're Pittsburgh friends, and so they had planned all year to go up there. And so they had a great time, of course. And yeah. Sandra has been to a few road trips, but a handful in 24 years of me doing this. And so, of course, she goes up to the drubbing of 5221 yeah. up there. And I won't get into it, but you know, she's been to New York. She's been to Atlanta. Uh, I'm trying to think a couple other road games. She said Pittsburgh fans were the worst. Really? No offense against all you nice Pittsburgh people right, that live right. in our area. But she said Pittsburgh Steeler fans in that bowl, and then they went to Jerome Bettis's uh, right. restaurant after yeah. that, were just nasty foul. Wow. So by Now, you'd expect that from Philadelphia, from Eagles Yes. Fans. I mean, yeah. yeah you, would you wouldn't expect that, that from Pittsburghers. No, yeah. I, I was kind of surprised to hear that. I go, did your Pittsburgh friends not stand up for right, you? Right, She said, no, they were too busy cheering and having a good time, <laughs> and she just had to fend for herself. So, yeah, they threw um, Sandra to the Wolves. Yeah, I mean, she's not. Uh, or the Steel uh, Pit in this case. You no, know, she's not obnoxious fan. No, 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 just no, wearing no. a toboggan yeah, that had right. black and blue on it. Right. So obviously, she had, she had very little to cheer for, so it wasn't right. like she was making noise right. to get in their way. Right. Well, maybe it was because it was a Thursday and they had all day to baste. Yeah. Tailgating all Tailgating day. Tailgating all that. Yeah. That's we too went bad. To, so real funny. At some point, we'll talk football. It's like a Cam Newton press conference. We'll talk <laughs> football at some point. In the preseason, we had a game in Pittsburgh. We went yeah. to a place called Pork and Beans. Okay. Kevin Donnelly, yeah. we had Mike Rucker and Eugene and all those guys. And it's a barbecue place, basically. It's sure. a good barbecue and all the sides, like you're talking about, and all that stuff. Next door to it. Did you get a- the salmon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, I'm sure the salmon was I bet they had smoked salmon. In fact, I'm pretty sure they did. This time, right next door to it in downtown Pittsburgh, uh, is a place called Meat and Potatoes, right okay, next to yeah. Pork and Beans. Yeah. <laughs> this time we went to Meat and Potatoes. you got to love Pittsburgh. Simple yeah. people. Simple and the breakfast family. place is ham and eggs. And as I told Joe Person about it. He goes, I'm guessing it wasn't like a, a, the meat and three sides. It was a little more high-end. I go, yeah. actually, it was. I mean, it was like well done, like short ribs yeah. and uh, really uh, high-end meatloaf, if, it, if such a thing exists. But um, it was like it was uh, craft beers and that kind of place. But right. anyways, if you're in downtown Pittsburgh, I've been to Pork and Beans, Meat and Potatoes. 
if a bearded podcast ever gets out to Duquesne, that's right, or one of these other yeah, we need to get out there, or, or uh, Robert Morris is up there. You're right, there's a lot yeah. of universities up that way, so maybe you could check that out. Game itself was awful. Yeah, it was, it's it was, now been. But over the first, a week. I mean, I'm watching the game here, and then at halftime, I drive into the stadium to do the show with with Brett. After that first drive, I'm thinking, all right, this is gonna be, you know, it's gonna be good. We're in good shape. Everything's going well, and then that one play touchdown, and then the pick six, and then it was uh, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I know. No, they came out that first drive was all Christ- Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. He was a North Turner at his finest yeah. wizardry and thinking, here we go. And then you give up two touchdowns in 13 seconds yeah. at the lapse. Right. Play clock time. Well, they had three touchdowns in that game that were under 15 se- or three drives, essentially. That were three right. Minutes. So 75 yard touchdown and a pick six. And then, yeah, the other uh, long one to Antonio Brown. And it was just a uh, game over. But, I mean, again, I think that's anomaly stuff. I think it was just. One of those things that happens. Um, well, this guy's not falling. I mean, six you, and three, right? You know, you're gonna have. Well, look at. I mean, and look what happened later in the weekend. You know, I mean, New England gets you know blown out and at the, in in Tennessee, Nashville, yeah, Nashville, in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. Yeah. Well, this uh, this is probably not funny to anybody else but me. But uh, so one of the guys I went to high school with saw the stuff that we did on social media from from Arnold. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go check it out," <laughs> and I was like, oh, "That's cool. Why is he going?" And then I was, "Oh yeah, the Patriots are playing in." In Nashville, so yeah, there go. but uh, yeah, but it happens, and I wouldn't say it was a. I always hate when people say, "Oh, it's a good loss." There's, there's no, there, there are no good losses. <laughs> no, that was a bad loss. Yeah, that was a bad loss. That was a no, but I mean, from loss. a sense of like, well, maybe this will get them right. You know, these guys are professionals. I mean, they don't need that extra motivation. Um, but now here comes the but, right? But I do think you know, in we saw the the video this week, the NFL films they had. Thomas Davis mic'd up, and he went over to Mike Tomlin after the game and said, hey, that kind of humbled us a little bit. So, you know, maybe – not that they need that extra motivation, but maybe, you know, maybe they were starting to feel a little bit too good about themselves, and this kind of refocuses them, which I think is a little bit different than needing extra motivation. I think focus maybe is different yeah. confidence. I and, think for the young players, it's a learning experience for yeah. Dante Jackson. Yeah. And I still consider Bradbury two and a half years in yeah. to be somewhat of a learning young player, great player. Um, but I talked to Mike Adams yesterday after practice, and he's like, Man, the only people talking about Pittsburgh still is the media. He goes, we yeah. moved on. He goes, you know, he's played 15 years in the league. He goes, you're going to have games both ways that yeah. you win, you get on a roll, yeah. and you win like the Baltimore game. Right. Or you get stuck that way. He goes, it's a long season. You know, essentially, you play 16 games, you play 15 years, you're going to have games like that where the other team just has your number on that day. We could play Pittsburgh again this Sunday and have a completely, a completely different, different result. Absolutely. You don't know. No, absolutely. Because Pittsburgh's good, but they're not. Come on. Right. Right, they're, they're not the seventy-two right. Dolphins. They're just a, they're, Wait, they're, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> they could score a lot more than the seventy-two Dolphins with Bob Greasy, I think, back in the day. So, you know, on to Detroit, and uh, you know, a team that's struggling at three and six. I think one of our biggest issues has been consistent pass rush. Yeah, they've given up sixteen sacks in the last two weeks. So, unless they've had a quick turnaround in that department, I think the Panthers have a chance to generate that. May have to do it by blitzing more, or maybe throwing more. More caution to the wind, right. kind of less caution to the wind. So I think maybe we got to take some more chances out there. Just don't want Matt Stafford picking it apart. I mean, I know right. they traded away Golden State, but he's he's a great passer. Yeah, I mean, in three games against the Panthers, he has eight touchdowns and uh, three picks. So if you can get pressure on him, to me, he's kind of like that prototypical, like a, I mean, maybe a little bit more mobile, but uh, kind of like that Matt Ryan. You know, yeah. he's in that kind of that mold and yeah, gunslinger type. Gunslinger he'll, type. He'll throw for three hundred whatever yards, but he might throw two or three picks. Right. You know. Yeah. You got to you got to force chances. him, Jim. You got to force him off his spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to get him off his mark. Got to get a hand in his face. Got to get pressure. I mean, we could run the same press conference quotes every week. I mean, that probably works pretty good against the worst quarterback yeah. in the league. Well, it's not too. our first rodeo. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're just out here chopping wood, trying to do a podcast. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, I, offensively, what uh, kind of concerns me, though, um, you know, Ziggy Ansah is a pretty good um, hey, pass rusher. team has got Ziggy and Snacks yeah, on Z- the roster. <laughs> and do we say Jim Bob Cooter? Jim Bob Cooter, yeah, right. Darren's gonna, Darren Gant's going to love that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and you know, uh, you know, Darius Slay in the in the back end. So the, you know, this is a team that uh, you know, record wise, three and six. You say okay, but you know, they beat Green Bay, they beat beat, beat New England. I was say beat New England. So you know, I don't think you can take them lightly. Do we have any former Patriot coordinators on staff? Because that seems to be the trick this that year. Does Mike Vrabel, yeah. Tennessee, right? Matt Patricia with Detroit, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, and their GM Bob Quinn is uh, worked in. Uh, Worked in the the personnel I think side. Santa's here. So no, it's just my dog. We're, so we kind of so the NFL had to move the Monday night game. We had to move from our outside locations because of the rain. So we're actually broadcasting from my kitchen. So Karma, my dog, who was great when we were kind of chit chatting beforehand, yeah. now suddenly wants to go outside and has been ringing the bell. It's like the little kids that come to the press conferences, like Cam Newton's kids, <laughs> like they're good, or Steph Curry's kids. And then the next thing, when you start talking, you got dog. You got dog getting the jingle bell. Yeah. I can fix that. Yes, open the door, Jim. Jim's going to oh, open the door. move the jingle um, bell away from the door. <laughs> yeah, just bring it. <laughs> Early uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday wishes right, from the some, pregame, postgame podcast. We're going to put some extra pepperoni Proof. in our stocking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a mouse in Mike's living room. Go get it, dog. <laughs> Another rat is in the Pachico household. Go get it. But uh, do we um, do we do we fall into the media speak though and call this a must game or uh, no? It's a one and a half. It's a one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it must have to go six and four if you lose? Just because you don't want to drop back to back games, even though granted it's on the road. Yeah, I mean, but against a team that to me mostly must must have is like uh, elimination game, like playoffs. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like the the world doesn't end if you're six and four. But obviously, yeah, to get to seven and three and get back to playing good football. I, that's what you hear coaches and players talk about more is taking care of Panther stuff. Don't worry about the other team, right. even what they're doing. Do what you do well, and that should take care of the, the game in most cases. Well, and on paper, you know, this really looks like a good matchup for the Panthers' running game because obviously the Panthers' top three in rushing, and Detroit, uh, they're bottom of the league. I think they're giving up like 134, 132 yards per game on the ground. So, you, I mean, this kind of feels like strength against weakness, and if they can get that running game going, which is what the Panthers want to do, um, it could be a nice time in Detroit, and they won there last year. Uh, yeah, open the door, Jim. Let her out. The um, the game last year was interesting too because the Panthers got up twenty-seven ten, and then uh, it was one of those like fierce comebacks. Don't fall off the chair. I'm it was, trying to push the door open. <laughs> it was one of those uh, fierce comebacks. The rat ran out the door and took the dog with it. <laughs> Just don't fall into the Storm Creek. <laughs> You're at the palatial estate. It's like the Mississippi River back there. <laughs> This is like Tom Brady's mansion. Where's Giselle? <laughs> is she baking cookies downstairs? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ma, the meatloaf now, Ma. Where's the meatloaf? What does she do up there? <laughs> what were you saying about Old football? Old school reference. No, so, the, yeah, let's go back to football, right? No, it's Technically, fine. that was Wedding Crashers. That was ahead. Wedding Crashers, yeah. So we've gotten Fletch, Wedding <laughs> Crashers, um, old Anchorman. Anchorman, of course. Yep. I'm sure there'll be a, like an animal. All the classics. Animal House reference at some point. Before we get out of yeah, here, yeah, food fight will be coming. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is one of those games, though. If the Panthers want to get to where they want to be, this is a game that they got to, I think, get control of the game early and, and try and get out of the way. But it's the NFL, you know, you never know. I mean, Detroit, they're still fighting. Uh, Matt Patricia in his first year, um, number two pencil behind the ear <laughs> in this game. I would think. What amount of food in the beard is there, do you think, though? <laughs> 
he shaved for the uh, the interview and the press conference being right. hired there. Right. And now he's back to looking like right. John Belushi right. from Animal House yeah. once again. Yeah, well, I'm going for that look, too. So about 45 minutes ago, you mentioned uh, running game. <laughs> and, I'm, and, you know, so we cover this team. I'm actually yeah. interested to see what they're doing personnel-wise. They signed two, right. at least one. Yep. So C.J. Anderson gets released. They bring in Traveris Cadet, yep. former App State, App State yep. on his sixth NFL team running back. And then for his ninth time with the team, technically third, right. Kenyon Barner, and they're the same kind of back, essentially mm-hmm. scat backs that can run, but more receiver than they are running back. And yet earlier this week they said, well, finally we'll get a look at Cameron Artis Payne to see right, what we got. Right, right. Well, truly, only probably one or two of those guys at the most. Might only be one of those guys will be active because you have Alex Arma who's right, going to be active. Right. So it's like kind of surprised they went so heavy on running back. They must have a plan with all that, but it's just kind of interesting that they doubled down on running back and went from saying Christian's playing like 94% of the snaps, right, so right. why do you need anybody essentially? Right. Why do we get extra ones? So I'm just like, I'm not complaining. I'm just kind of yeah. amused and interested yeah. to see what the plan is with all these running backs and if, in fact, they'll even keep all these guys or if – you know, we saw Coney Ely get picked up and then dropped the next week by Oakland. I was, you know, as one of these guys like I mean, that happens. Is Cadet yeah. maybe a one week rental? Or, right. You know, I don't know. Right. See what happens. I have no idea. They go by the running back store. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, don't shop hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Where we lost a running back. Oh, I need to grab every running back on the aisle. <laughs> but obviously, I mean, yeah. organizationally, a lot of thought goes into every right. personnel move like that. It's not like they're just out there just willy nilly grabbing right. running backs, but just kind of like going. It's funny. They just said Christian McCaffrey's got all these snaps. We want to see Artis Payne. So if I'm Artis Payne, I'm like going, hey, hey uh, remember yeah. Monday? Yeah. <laughs> By Wednesday, we got like nine running backs. Like, what's going on here? But I think that's been one of the interesting components of watching this offense. And I know Kevin Donnelly, I think it was two weeks ago, um, likened it, the mad scientist with North Turner. So it, this is kind of fun seeing how this, this offense is evolving. And, you know, I still think the ceiling is high for this team. You know, I think everybody – the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof, yes. right. And sometimes the basement is the floor, <laughs> right? And your dog is outside. <laughs> yeah. Turn up your neighbor's yard. Don't go in the creek. Yeah, tear up tear up the neighbor's yard. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not Lassie, good. go get Gramps. Right. Well, so the other fun thing is uh, this week, Jim, is we learned that the Panthers have a sommelier. Which Cam said in the press conference he didn't know. Did you know this? I did not know this. Rudy? Who's, who's, Rudy, who's Rudy the sommelier? That's great, yeah. What? I had no idea. Why right. do we have a Somali? Then they said he does like all kinds of but things. But he's yeah, he's like a he's like a Swiss Army knife. He does yes. a lot of different things, and he has a wine. He's actually there our too. our fifth string running back in Norm's <laughs> offense. His name's Rudy. He's yeah. got to be Rudy. No, he's got to be a defensive lineman. Doesn't that's right. He's got to get sacked. He's got to be. He, has, he's, he was he's, built like a running back. In all honesty, he's got to get movie. the he's got to get his uniform for the last game. Yeah, the Sean Aston character definitely that wasn't built like a defensive end, <laughs> from what I recall. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And you know, we were talking beforehand, like. I like red wine. I don't like white wine, but I'm not a wine expert by any means. No. I've been to wine country a couple times, and honestly, one of those is because we were out there for nine days with the Super Bowl 50 right. trip. And um, so I've been to a number of vineyards, and I appreciate and like wine, but I'm no expert on it. Um, beer, I could probably help a little bit more. I know you're more like— you know, I'm more of a beer sommelier. Like a Sam Adams. That would, actually, you know, <laughs> if, if, there, if there were such a thing, I would—if broadcasting ever doesn't pan out— <laughs> um, and so far it hasn't right right uh you know i mean you, we always joke that i have like five jobs why not add a six i should become a i should i should learn to become a beer sommelier there are beer snobs out there yeah so i would tell you my uh one of my stepsons works at uh at a bar and uh he's worked at a, a liquor store too down on uh, valentine area and they have and they sell a hundred dollar beers really 
a hundred. I mean, how serious? big of a beer snob are you to purchase? I'm talking about a, a bottle of beer, not a six pack of right. beer. No, no, no. Well, I remember a hundred dollar um, bottle of beer. Yeah, you know what? I remember three, four years ago, maybe it was longer than that. Sam Adams had something like a. It was called like a triple bock. I don't know if it was a hundred dollars, but I remember it being pretty pricey, and it was. It was like a single bottle, but it, it's kind of like like the champagne things, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a big bottle, but it's the old it's, yardstick. Yeah, the yardstick. <laughs> A yard of beer. A yard of beer. I wish I knew what it was. He, he told me. I can't remember. I'll look it up, and maybe I'll bring it back to the podcast next week. But they've had people come in and buy. How well, did they? Did they put like? Right? Did they like put shavings of gold in the uh, in the hops? Like, I forget. I don't even know what's in it. I wish I had more information for you. I hate when I start a story. I don't know how to finish it. <laughs> but um, there is such a thing. Google it or yeah, tweet us at Jim Zoki or at Mike Pacheco eighty one if you know what's yeah, in that bottle. Yeah, check out your local um, craft. Ask one of your craft uh, bartenders, or go to a local liquor store and ask, or a Total Wine or something. But I can't say that. I, I mean, I do. I enjoy a, a, a fine beer now and then, but I can't say that I'd spend a hundred bucks on a on a bottle of a bottle of beer. No, I'm the worst. I'm at Harris Teeter with a big special. If it's more than ten dollars for a bottle of wine, I'm not doing that. Let alone a bottle. Think a bottle of beer, even ounce wise, is just like so much smaller than a bottle of wine. All right. So my best beer bargain going back to college. Uh, I've never seen this beer before. Had never seen this beer before. Have never seen this beer since. Uh, but we were seniors, so you know we were, we were legal. We went down to the liquor store, and they had a case, a case now, so twenty four of sixteen ounce beers called Golden Anniversary Light. <laughs> Even the name sounds un- unappetizing. Was, no, here's, now, now again, now, okay. So, go, so this is like nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety one. So, I mean. You're talking a case of beer, like a case of Budweiser was probably six, seven bucks back then. Right. So sixteen ounce, twenty four of sixteen ounces was three ninety nine. Amazing. <laughs> it tasted like it too. At, I don't know why it was because there's plenty of cheap beers out there. But when I was at uh, Bowling Green State University in the uh, late eighties, Old Milwaukee was always oh yeah yeah the one of right. choice. I don't, does it still exist? I don't even know. It. I believe it does. Does it still exist? So, anyways, it was just like any keg party. That's what the keg was: pony keg, regular keg. Going to the store, it was just like it was like the best tasting, I guess, of the the awful beers was yeah. Old Milwaukee. There's plenty of them out there. We live close enough where we could have fire brewed Stroh's from Detroit, Michigan, yeah. nearby there. Stroh's, I think, is is gone, but um, as as as, as are all the jobs in Detroit, as it turns out, Jeez, including yeah. Stroh's as we head up there this week. But um, yeah, Stroh's was another kind of local beer up there. Back, I actually there. have in my fridge right now in Narragansett. Uh, when I was a kid, Narragansett was a big local uh, regional brewery. Kind of in the mold of like a Pabst, that type of beer. It, it went through hard times. The brand basically went away. And then, uh, and coincidentally, a guy that I know, uh, he's an he's an investor, one of my friends from high school, college buddy. They res- they became investors with this guy, and they resurrected Narragansett beer. And now it's uh, they have like three or four different styles. It, it's kind of come back. But at one time, Narragansett was a big back in the six early fifties sixties when you could. Beer advertisers were big in baseball. Like Ballantyne was a big beer mm-hmm. for the Yankees. Uh, Grabagani was was Red Sox. Narragansett was one of the one of the Red Sox beers. That's since been resurrected, and it's actually not bad. The other funny thing is, when my brother was in he was in London like ten years ago for for work. He was there for like two or three years, and he would say, you know, we think of like some of the English beers and Irish beer, like Guinness, and uh, you know some of the. We think of those as being really like high end. He was telling me like Budweiser was considered like a high end beer. I've heard that before. Yeah, 
and conversely, Heineken, which when I was growing up was always considered like to be some high end, yeah, have a Heineken, whatever. Low, I'm sorry, I don't, I just said Heineken. Low and brow, low and brow yeah. is kind of like the armpit beer of like <laughs> Europe. Yeah. So no, not Heineken, but uh, low and brow, which right. was always like when I was growing right. up was like right. tonight, let it be low, low and brow. Yeah, and some guy driving a sub, yeah. steaks and <laughs> prime rib and you know all these great awesome meals and have a low and brow. So like what yeah. happened to us that we yeah. thought that was like some yeah. great high end. Somebody beer. told me that the Corona's like that. Or was at one time was considered that New Mexico wasn't considered to be like a high end beer, but yeah. here it's like sophistication. New to us. Sophisticated. We, we made a holiday out of Cinco de Mayo, which is a very <laughs> mournful day in Mexico in reality. So we've had. I'm gonna make an executive decision. We've yeah, had so many random topics of movie quotes, yeah. food, and uh, liquor references. I'm gonna forego the random question of the week because this that has been the most random, random podcast <laughs> yeah, that, that we have done. Yeah. But in honor and in the theme of Cam's press conference that had nothing to do with football. Very little had to do with the podcast this week as we head to Detroit pregame at 10, uh, kickoff at 1 on WBT and the Panthers Radio Network, and you and uh, Brett. Yeah, it'll be Brett McMillan. I think Brett's last, last race is in Homestead, so that's right. his race season. His He'll time. have uh, one eye on one screen and one eye on the game. Should be fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. All right, hopefully next week we're talking about a win over Detroit and preview Seattle next week on the pregame postgame podcast. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Missick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.